Inside LAFC, this is episode nine, as we are moving right along through the season. Max Bredos, Vince LaRosa here. Thrilled to be joining you each and every week. Feels like we're getting these out a lot more frequently, which is the case, because uh, I don't want to take the Tom Penn uh, podcast off the, the latest and greatest. So if you haven't heard that, make sure you tune into that one as well. Really cool. Inside Intel uh, and from the heart with our beloved president here at LAFC. But a reminder just to subscribe to the podcast, spread the word so we can continue to serve you the best we can. In order to do that, leave comments as well as reviews. Hopefully of the five star, no worse than the four star. Imagine we're like a decent Uber ride. You know, you give it five stars, right Vince? I would not allow you to drive me <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> we won't be too talkative. Well, we will, but not as the Uber driver. But uh, okay, but all good times. Is, there's nothing worse than a talkative Uber. I don't, Sometimes it's in their in their description. He goes, yeah, he likes to create good conversation. I go, oh, I'm gonna skip this one. Yeah, I think because you set up the show so nicely, we can already take our first detour. Why is that in there? <laughs> I don't want to talk to my Uber driver. No. I actually will comment five stars and say, yeah, they didn't say a word. Yeah, I got a, a five star guy, and then you know that the extra thing, this guy's getting great reviews. He's like, oh. And he was very, very good. Short ride. I live in Redondo Beach, so from the airport to Redondo Beach, that's so 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. But I enjoyed those 15 minutes. I've had to go further from the airport. But there we go. How many detours do we usually have in a show? Two. Four. Two? More. But wait, let's see. We were just talking with some of the performance staff about touches that Edward had to us as a game. Do yes. you think we have more or less touches, more or less detours than Edward has Less touches, touches than Edward. Only by maybe one or two. No, no chance. All right, so uh, again, we're joining you from the LAFC Performance Center. The team is training as we speak, and good spirits once again after the Wednesday setback where they lost at Vancouver, and I know we talked about a lot. Uh, certainly, we we'd still there were reasons for that, and those seem even more verified now because of what happened on Sunday, 4 o'clock local kick, and to me, it was just breathtaking to see it, and we've heard from... Bob Bradley and the coaching staff about what they are trying to do here. And that looked as close to what prime performance is. There's always room for improvement, and Bob Bradley said so. And he said there's certain guys that have to hit their marks a few, a little bit more. But when you're seeing there, and it's 4-1 after 60-some minutes, and I said to myself, I go, they could get five, they could get six. They almost did, even more than that. This was, to me, the best performance I'd seen from LAFC ever. Yeah, last 20 minutes or so, I think they took their foot off the pedal a little bit. Why they not? Did. You had you had a midweek game, so why not chill out? But I like that you said they, they talked about what we're trying to do here because so much, maybe rightfully so, but I don't think so, is made of the, the rotations. And I think that Vancouver game wasn't so much about the rotations, about what Vancouver forced LAFC to try to do and how they got them out of their game. And then we go to Seattle, we play Seattle, and it's right back to what we expect from LAFC, the, the type of movements that we expect the type of ideas. I mean, that, to me, like Bob said, there's always room to improve, but if you look at what the LAFC game plan is against a very good opponent, that was probably one of the most impressive performances of what they've done. Yeah, I'm going all of. the way in. I'm going number one. Number one. I, I It'd be hard to argue with you, honestly, because... It <laughs> That's was, what we're here. Let's argue. Yeah, we are here to argue. We're here to argue. I mean, okay, so Seattle fans will say, no Chad Marshall, no yes. Raul Ruiz Diaz, but I'll say to them, you had your full-strength midfield. Nico Ladero, absent. No, he was. Christian Roldan. Happened to him, he was very frustrated. Yeah, Christian Roldan and Svensson were so deep because of what our midfield was able to do. And if we play that way, that's how teams are going to look. They're yeah. going to have to really fight for it. Um, 
And so that was, yeah, I, maybe the best. I, I really. Carlos Vela was remarkable, but what that midfield was able to do and put the put him in the positions, obviously the, the goal certainly from K put on a platter and Carlos Vela finishes a goal differently again, this time off the toes, the Punta de Pie made famous by Romario. So I just love it because it's like Catalina because I could do it all. He has had one converted penalty this season. The rest is just finding more ways to wow the crowd uh, and cement himself as the top player here in Major League Soccer with a long way to go. But they are putting numbers up that are astronomical. I, we said last week it was such an important win or important result because first place is huge in Major League Soccer. Now they have a six-point lead over the Sounders. There are no more unbeaten teams. They now have 25 goals over nine games. So you're getting close to 100 goals on this this track if it continues, you know, and that's a, a big if because they're scoring a lot of goals. But uh, Christian Ramirez is another factor, I think, because there was the Vancouver game was not good for him, and and they need him here. Certainly, as Dio is still not 100. Uh, percent We saw Josh Perez get in there, and it was good, not really his true position. So if Christian Ramirez could do that, and then all of a sudden he has this performance where he is involved, he's involved in all the machinations, and he scores a goal. It was just a great, great uh, achievement across the board. You have to be happy about all the spots you were able to hit. Yeah, it was a team performance. Where do you want to go first? you want to talk about Carlos or you want to talk about Christian? Because I think Christian does deserve a lot of credit for Let's start Christian because, look, whatever you do uh, with this with the team, and we've seen it even going back to Marco Udenia last season, you could be the, the center part of that front three, not score goals, and make yourself useful, and he did with some assists. Um, but at the end, you need, a, you need those goals. As a striker, he has to be. They can be winning four zip if he doesn't score. You need a goal. And to get a goal and to get it off such a beautiful setup, and for him to be involved, oh, it was the third goal. Yes. Second, that just That is a breakthrough performance. And now, let's let's be honest, there's moments where we go, is, uh, is Christian Ramirez get the 90 minutes here? Does he get the start here? Because the performance hadn't been up to snuff. And now I think uh, that's just for a player mentally and physically is going to be liberating for him. So that's a huge development, I think, maybe right at the top of the list of what happened on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I think we so often want to throw players out and say, oh, he's not good enough. But when you see a player that really takes what the coaching staff is trying to do with him, really takes it hard. I mean, Christian's game was almost a full 180 from that Vancouver game yep. where he was just trying to get in behind, maybe get a tap in, which, again, he's great at. And don't get me wrong, the tap-ins that he creates – are not easy. It's not like he just happens to be in the right place at the right time. He has great movement in the box, but that's not what he's asked to do here. And so for him to flip it around against a good team in, in Seattle and say, I'm going to I'm gonna come off the, the shoulder of the defender. I'm going to work in the build. I would say he had a lot to do with even the first goal. Because if you yeah. really watch that first goal, just look at the space between Roman Torres and Kim Kihi. <laughs> and Kim Kihi is looking at Carlos. He's thinking, okay, he's in between me and Brad Smith. How close do I have to get to him? But yet, Diego's kind of taking up a position slightly through the middle, and there's 20 yards between them. So he's having to really consider that. And that's Christian. That's Christian's movement. That's Christian's ability to realize, I need to be here in certain spaces. I need to be there in other spaces. So, yeah, his game was phenomenal, I think. Even without the goal, his game would have been phenomenal. But I, I like that he was able to get a goal, such a pretty goal, too. Yeah, it was. Uh, and at the post, post-game presser, uh, Bob Bradley's he tends to do, and he, it, it's great for all of us because it creates a picture of what he wants. And there was a comparison with Christian Ramirez and Roberto from Bobby Firmino. Yep. 
Uh, and he pointed out what Firmino does for Liverpool. And again, he is, when it comes to scoring goals, he is third behind the guys around him as a striker, so to speak, uh, Sa uh, Sadio Mane and Mo Salah. But getting detached and opening space for those two guys, and then you can visualize it, how it applies to LAFC, because they have, instead of Salah and Mane, they have Vela and Rossi, which is a pretty good, pretty good duo, whether you're in Liverpool, whether you're LAFC. And I think that gives something for Christian Ramirez. I imagine he's probably mentioned that to him as well about looking at Firmino and what he's able to do and getting away from those, the pressure, the central defense group. Don't just stay there like a traditional forward. If you're the ball's in the midfield, you're out of the play. No, you're an active participant. That is huge in the way these, this team builds up its play. And that's what they want for forward. And he didn't clog it up. It wasn't like he's coming to the midfield and all of a sudden, hey, there's too many players there. It looked very seamless and the ball just bounced around beautifully. Yeah, you still have to pick your moments. And if you have wide forwards like LFC does that score so many, you can afford to have a striker that maybe scores just a slightly, like a tick or two less. And I think it plays into what I wanted to talk about with Carlos too. So you look at Carlos and he's so talented on the ball, can do so many things. But realistically, if you want to get the most out of Carlos Vela, you want him either having the last touch of the ball, which is scoring it, or you want him making that second to last. You want him making the pass to, to really break the game up. So if you have Christian allowing Carlos to do exactly what he did in that Seattle game, people would say, well, we didn't see Carlos on the ball a lot. That's fine. It's totally fine. He can still get two goals. He can still influence the game. Um, so he, by doing that and working with Diego and then picking up different spots around the pitch, you can allow Carlos to get moving uh, and to get into areas to where his first touch is 30 yards and in. If all of Carlos's touches are 30 yards and in, teams are going to be buried. And that's what we saw. Yeah. Let's talk about Carlos Vela now. 10 goals on the season, which projecting, because it's fun, doesn't mean it's going to happen. Uh, he's going to be close to 40. <laughs> should be a new record. Slam dunk. Slam dunk. The way he's playing, you would imagine he is going to be with Mexico at the Gold Cup. But there was discussions leading into it that you know, maybe there are options that Tata Martino prefers. So maybe he's here. <laughs> Although LAFC doesn't have a game for June 1st, June 28th, Mexico's participation in the Gold Cup will take him into uh, second week of July, I believe. Yes. So they'll miss a couple games. But regardless, there's a possibility he's here for the duration. But I, I don't know. I, it's just after also f struggling against Vancouver, not being uh, ubiquitous as he normally is, he was in on everything as well. And... Again, wowing. And the thing with everything LAFC did, I follow the game. I have my computer out. I was off the clock. It was a national broadcast. So you see what people are. I have the computer out even when I am broadcasting, just in case. At least at halftime, I'll catch up. Yeah. But what's being said about the team and Carlos Vela is it, it, it just snowballs into something bigger and better where people are now like, wow, that's they're dealing with uh, hyperbole and hubris saying this is something we rarely see. Yeah, because he's so involved in everything that they do. I mean, you, you can go down the freeway and you look at it's a lot of time Ibrahimovic who has I think four of his goals are, are penalties. Yes. Carlos is doing so much from open play. He's assisting teammates. Um he has ten goals, five assists. But Quintero's he, also out there in goals and I think he yeah. has four penalties. Mm -hmm. But doesn't it feel like even though he has ten goals that so many other players around him have so many goals and they do. I mean Diego I think Diego now has six. Um and I think that's, that's the key delineation, is what Carlos does for his team um, in other moments. And that's why I'm saying, again, you want him either having the last touch or the second to last right. touch. And he can provide both. Um, and I think he also he's, has that ability to bounce back from a bad game. 
which is maybe last season there was times where he went quiet for longer stretches. And I would say with the World Cup, the fact that he came from Sociodad, I mean, he really played. Yeah. He put packed two seasons into one as much, much as he could. Uh, but this year he, he's decided, you know, well, if I have a bad game, I'm going to bounce back and, we're, and the team's going to bounce back together. We're all going to do it together. He, seems, it just seem, he just seems even more bought in. And I'm not saying he wasn't bought in last season. But it just he seems to be, it's, and he's told us, it's, maybe it's a continuity. Maybe just knowing where guys are, being that little bit closer to your teammates, uh, both on and off the pitch. Uh, he's just, he's, he's such a joy to watch. But we get the pleasure of seeing him kind of with his teammates afterwards and, and knowing that what you see in the match is just maybe a small percentage of it because he really does put so much more into it. And he's, he's a fun guy to be around. He blends in here incredibly. We just saw the guys come out for practice, and you don't see, you know, like this grand entrance. He's out there mid-conversation with one of his teammates. Uh, in the warm-ups, it's just another guy. It's not like you've seen in, the, in many uh, past. Maybe I haven't seen it. I'm just kind of assuming it's the case where you have, like, that big star. I did see it with Beckham. And I'm not, there was times where there was, like, a big entrance. and This is seamless for him. And I think with the goals... LFC are going to pick up penalties. They are going to pick up penalties. They're going to get free kicks near the 18, and he's going to take them. So when the ball is stopped, we have barely, we've not even seen the tip of the iceberg. We've seen nothing. And that is going to come. They're going to continue to apply pressure and get those chances. So this number has a chance to get up pretty quickly. Yeah. And he was great in the, in the post-game press conference. He was actually yeah. really funny. I think Very complimentary to a lot of the teammates. Very complimentary. Too. One of the things that Bob said in his post-game, because somebody asked him a question just like, do you think Carlos is engaged or some some question? We always seem to get this every week, and, and he said, "Man, if you go in the locker room right now, there's no one happier than Carlos Vela, and he's happy for his teammates, happy for himself, he's happy for everyone." And he comes into our press conference, and I think one of the best moments was somebody asked a question and said, "It was Christian and Carlos sitting together." Somebody asked a question and said, "Christian and Carlos, you can both answer it." Christian goes uh, to answer, and he goes answers it very thoroughly. Yeah. And when he finishes, there's just this kind of beat. He looks over at Carlos. Carlos just goes, what he said. What he said. Yeah. He, he was Nailed great. it. He like, said, exactly what I meant. He was happy. He was just kind of holding court. And it, it's yeah. fun. Like, those are the little moments that maybe people don't focus on because there's so many narratives that are already out there about Carlos. But these are the things that are – this is how he's different. And this is how maybe, – maybe when he comes to a, a league like MLS, you can start to see that because we're a little more transparent, right? When you're in Europe, you can kind of hide in the locker room. You don't have to, you don't have to be that guy. I think it takes a lot to get Carlos to be that guy, but when he's in the moment and he's having fun, he's a fun guy. He's yeah. a legitimately fun guy to be around. That's what I tell people. They go, what, tell me about Carlos Vela. I go, you know he's legit funny? Like yeah. legitimately a funny guy. He's, he's, he's made me laugh out loud twice. I haven't, seen, I haven't had those moments this season. Last season, two out loud moments, which I can't, I'm not going to share. It's a personal moment we had, me and Carlitos. <laughs> they're like, you know what they are? You know what's funny is they're like his, uh, his the curva. They're like those shots because yeah. he just, he snipes you. Yeah. You'll say something and he'll, he'll just randomly throw a side comment and you'll go, oh, that was so good. And Curva, I like it. Yeah. That's a good way. You're, I believe you're, that, you're I, Italian. Yes, I believe Alex Dwyer the curva. from MLSsoccer.com, who's our good friend. I, I can't. I stole that from him, so I can't say well, I can't Well, I'm trying it. to label all his goals so when it happens, we can identify and have some fun on our broadcast. But they, 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 they do it themselves. We talked about a lot of players. Coming up in a, shortly on Inside LAFC, we're going to have a discussion. We want you to get involved, too. Who is the second best player? Yeah. For LAFC. So we put Carlos Vela first. There was a moment there where Diego Rossi's pulling up to his bumper. Maybe it's Rossi. Maybe it's Mark Anthony Kay, who uh, was my player of the week in Major League Soccer with his three assists. Maybe I voted on Twitter. Else. What's that? I voted on Twitter. You I voted saw on you Twitter. vote on Twitter. Did oh, you I vote did. on Twitter? I did. You better have. I did. Even your, your Twitter. We've talked about this. What's, what's with your Twitter, man? Get it going. 
I don't know. I just haven't been as inspired on Twitter sometimes. I actually was going to tweet something, and I actually did tweet it, and I erased it because I saw this jar of pickles, plastic pickles, and I had that old pelican who used to smell plastic pickles. And I go, hey, where's the pelican gone? I go, just take that down. No one cares. <laughs> the plastic pickle pelican. You know who he is. Uh, but let's, okay, we, we've covered most of the stuff of the game, right? Yeah. I All mean, right. the, the goals cover themselves. They cover themselves. And we'll also, uh, well, no, we'll talk about the second best player. And that's going to be fun. I think you can get involved as well. But after the game, when you go to the field, this is one of the great L.A. scenes anywhere. I don't care if it's cold play at the Hollywood Bowl. I don't care if it's, you know, Beyonce or one of the Kardashians on Sunset Boulevard. And people. This is one of these big events. Right after the game, the fans, the players together, and then all the VIPs in and around, they're sticking around. Obviously, Will Ferrell, he's, he's everywhere. Ever present. Uh, he's been more and more present. It just seems like he soaks it all in and he wants every part of this, as we all do. Uh, Kevin Frazier's a, a season ticket holder. He's always there. And then popping around. I mean, the camera, it's like those old Laker games. You have actor, That's what I was musician. It's, it's that, getting on the level of those yeah. Laker, those old Laker games where you have a few people that are the, the always theirs, you know, the Jacks always there. And then you have these just kind of this revolving door of Hollywood and celebrities and sports stars that just, you're like, hey, yeah. hey that guy was here. Like, right. they just, the, once the game ends, they all kind of just cut, start mingling towards the pitch and you're just like. Athletes, I mean. That's going to go through the roof with local guys, Rams. There's obviously a good relationship. And let's up it to some of these other teams. Where you at, Chargers? Where you at, uh, Lakers? We had Josh Hart there. We did have Josh Hart there. So uh, maybe the biggest, I mean, I sat there and I was with my son and I looked around. I, I reckon this is, you know, you're in Hollywood. You recognize, you know, Avengers Endgame is coming out. Probably going to be the highest grossing movie ever. Yes. Is that safe to say? Pro um, yeah, that's a pretty good. <laughs> it probably will. And uh, directed by two brothers, the Russo brothers, Joe Russo was there, and I saw him, I told my son, I goes, that's the director of uh, Avengers Endgame. So I go, do you want to meet him? He goes, yeah, do you want to take a photo? And he goes, no, I want an autograph. I go, all right. Yeah. So we walk up, Joe Russo goes, oh yeah, would you like a photo? And he goes, no, I want an autograph. And I go, I'm sorry, he's kind of old fashioned that way. And he had an old sticker, it was all bent, and he got the autograph. Oh. So um, I was hoping he would have like a notepad with a pencil, like an old, like really old school. Yeah, I know. No, he's not that Autographs old. Autographs a pencil back he's in the day. Not that old, old of a soul. We'll and, get him one. And then he goes, Joe Russo goes, Who's your favorite uh, Avenger? And my son goes, Spider Man. I'm like, Is that a good answer? Is that I still think that's fair. Spider Man's, I'm going to go into my like geeky comic. And I'm not. I'm glad he didn't say some of the second run, like the Iron Man 2 played by. Uh, Don Cheadle. I'm not sure. War Machine. Is that War Machine? Yeah. Is that a real legit one? Yes and no. See, the comic book world is so crazy with the, the crossovers. And it's things. just so many figures on that, Even on that poster. I'm like, whoa, whoa, there's like 40 Avengers. Look, I had comic books. I'm going to put books. myself on that poster. I had the comic books. I had the, the cards, you know, like the baseball cards, but for, for comic book heroes, like as if I'm a child flipping it over. I'm like, that guy's strength. Is that guy's? No, he's stronger than this guy. Yeah. Like, you can almost get arguments over it. But I, yeah, I'm with you. I can't, I can't keep it straight. I think though Spider-Man, if, if my memory is correct, is one of those like kind of fringe. He should be more Spider-Man. You, know you know what he is? Here's a good reference. No one's gonna get this but you. He's Billy Preston. He's <laughs> the fifth from, Beatle. Nothing. He's the fifth Beatle. The fifth Beatle. Billy so he's the fifth Billy. member. Not the fifth member. I don't even. I can't tell you how many exact members are in the Avengers, but he's the Billy Preston of the Avengers. Yeah, members. good call. He gets to just drop in. He's like, sorry, Billy. We're not playing. You can't be. It's it's the it's the four four mop tops. Billy Preston. And you're not from Liverpool. Coined the. The great phrase, can't always get what you want. That's, so, that's what you're talking about. Is he the sixth for. Rolling Stone? 
Sure. Okay. He had a fantastic afro. Yeah, he did. One of the best. Great entertainer. Billy Preston. I'm so glad we're getting to talk about him. But anyway, that meeting, uh, the meeting of Joe Russo has got <laughs> oh, us yeah. to think. Oh, yeah, back to Joe Russo. Meeting of Joe Russo is going, who are the Avengers on LAFC? So we're going we're gonna to come up with that next. Yes. All right. So stick with us. We're going to have some fun. We're going to have some fun over the next Join two. Join us. Because we're going to have to talk through it. We have not picked these beforehand, so we're going to really talk Off the cuff. It. Off the cuff. Inside LAFC. LAFC Avengers next. Back here at Inside LAFC, and uh, we're gonna have some fun. We're gonna have the LAFC Avengers. One just for some closure. When I saw Joe Russo, he's been to every game or close to every game. He said so. Discussion became about football, and it's cool. And I, I think with everyone who's at LAFC games, who at least got up from the beginning, even if you get in now, you're here at the beginning, and it could be anything you want to be. You could be hardcore fandom. Every part, every fiber, every thought of your day, like many of our fans are, is around LAFC, which is a great way to live, by the way. Or it could be something in between where you come to every game, or sometimes you pop in every game and you just wear LAFC stuff in and around town, which I see a lot too. So make it whatever you want. I'll say this, though. The, even the people that we wouldn't consider like ultras or, you know, just the, the hardcore they seem to be there for every game. So they yeah. know they know Devastation they, when they're not. Yeah, especially when you're at home, especially if you're a team that's five and all at home and perfect at home. You know that if you don't show up for that one match, it's gonna be the one you're gonna miss. Like this one, I know it was Easter Sunday for a lot of people. It's difficult to get out there. I know a few people that were getting on Twitter as the game was going on and being like, This was the game we had to miss. Yeah. And so yeah, it's it's one of those things, it's the can't miss thing, not just for that's the it. atmosphere, but the team right now. They're they're scoring goals and so you don't wanna be you don't wanna you don't want to think you're going to miss the one day where it's a 1-0 and then it turns out to be a 6-1, 5-0. That's going to happen. And just, I probably should have said this the last segment, but the comfort level LAFC is at home now where they're built to play well on that field. We saw the disappointment in Vancouver on turf at a field that didn't really give. This is not the case here. When LAFC and Bob Bradley are building his team to execute at home, and you saw it there, I've never seen them look more comfortable where they use every inch of that field to get what they wanted. And that's going to make it a very tough place for opponents from this day forward. We saw some close calls earlier in the season, but now you're seeing some distance put in between LFC and their opponents. So yep. it is a fortress. Yeah, it's, it's going to be scary in the regular season. And if they keep going this well, we'll have home playoff games. Right. So it's it, you're, you're right. They've, it took them some time to kind of get a handle on it last season. They had a good record, but I wouldn't say a stellar record. Yeah, they, some ties when they could have had some wins. But I, that said, I think opponents are going to come in here and say, this is like, this will make a season. You win there. This is like Levante winning at the Camp Nou. I'm going to do what Bob Bradley does. I'm going to do like a, a comparison from my perspective. I like it. What do you think about that? Back in the old Sir Alex days, you know, Sheffield Wednesday coming in and getting some points at Old Trafford. Yeah. Hey, Chef. Oh, no, I think it's, I believe it's Sheffield United that's close to coming up. Sheffield United is close to coming up. It's Norwich, the Canaries, Sheffield United, and Leeds and Aston Villa hovering. Leeds is fading, though. I know. You, you come to us for your championship coverage. I'll tell you, though, Leeds, Leeds is I fading because, that. because Bielsa puts them through hell. And go figure, in a 48-game season, you start to drop off after you've been just yeah. killed by your coach for a whole season. Again, that would be a huge, that'd be a huge story after all that. For yep. Yeah, if they have also to, is there to be a Premier League coach, but they drop out of yeah. If they have to go through the playoffs and they don't make it through, that's going to be a big thing. Again, 
We are the championship show of record. Man, we do it all. No, the English League, and I always give the English League grief, but, man, they're having a spectacular year. Four quarterfinalists in the Champions League, two semifinalists semifinals in the Champions League, two semifinalists in the Europa League. Activity in the championship, which is international news where it's going to draw your attention. Man, the league's just doing it right. It's a legit title race. Great managers in there, a legit title race, a legit run for the top four with six teams that are all Champions League worthy. Atalanta might be the Champions League team for Italy, just in comparison. Not, nothing against City A, but Atalanta's not at least the top six in England. At least Maybe they're eight. fun. They are fun. Oof, we haven't seen them. Duvan Zapata. Yes. It's the real deal. Okay, let's get into the Avengers. The Avengers of LAFC. And you're gonna, you're gonna give. We're gonna yeah, I mean, if there's any artists gonna, out there, why don't, why don't you get some artwork going on this? This would be a good. There's a lot of great artists. Jonas Never came out. He did a uh, the muralist in LA. Jeff Gouveia is another. There's some good artists in and around LAFC. So let's. Uh, I'm not one of them. Let's start with the proverbial elephant in the room for the Avengers. Let's start with the Hulk. The Hulk. <laughs> this is the only All one right. that we actually. To talk for just a short second on it. I liked your answer. Max gave a great answer, so I was like, just our so answers we, were both very similar. So, uh, the Hulk is a man, not very imposing. That when you get Bruce Banner right, yes. when you get him angry, he turns into the Hulk. So, in some comparison, that's the direction I was going. A very mild mannered player who, when he gets on the field, turns into a monster in the good way. And I said, Diego Rossi. Because he's sliding, very mild mannered, and then you and then I go, I can see that, but you came up with a better one. I, I thought Latif Blessing was yes, one. because he does that transformation. No, he transforms once he gets on the pitch, and then he's everywhere. And Latif leads the league in tackles. I mean, maybe he's, that's a strength type stat. Maybe for he's most Thor as well. Maybe I mean Latif is just a superhero. Period. Right. Yeah. I mean he's the star man. He does whatever. But I, I just think Latif. Yeah, you. Somehow transforms the second he walks on that pitch, and he's just—he's everywhere. He's physical. He's tough to get off the ball. I mean, he's just—he's the would, star man. You would think he is a six-foot, you know, something, <laughs> wide-bodied dude, but he just—he goes out there, and gets under your skin. I mean, I—I I, I don't know. I just—I like Latif as the Hulk. Done it. Sold. Latif Hulk. All right. What's next? Uh, should we go with Iron Man? Yeah, this one's a little tricky because there is uh, Iron Man strikes you by and large as a leader. Amongst they're very cerebral, and again, a regular man who's created this uh, this technology to make himself a superhero. I guess that describes a lot of these guys. Yeah, a um, little bit of a chip on his shoulder. The one I can't pop it up is Bob. Bob is Iron Man. You know, he kind of goes there, and then he he's built this technological team to. Is that? Yeah, I mean, he's kind of so Iron Man is kind of the leader of the adventure. I, Okay. Is that the other is Carlos Vela, but I think there's there's is, that super talent to him that makes him a different superhero. I think Carlos Vela fits the Iron Man mold in the way that Robert Downey Jr. does, where he's kind of the playboy, the good-looking yeah. dude. Yeah, oh, you know? that's good. So maybe that's good. I would say this though. I would say maybe. Okay, so I'm gonna say that I'm gonna try shoehorn this, and I don't know if it works. Mark Anthony K. Kind of a chip on his shoulder. Kind of has taken his. Taken too young. His, too young. Too young. Okay. I was going to say, debonair. Take it, take, you, you know, a man that's kind of taken, you know, the best of himself to make, and made it something better with his suit. I don't. I, I don't think, think we have a good Iron Man. Yeah, I don't think we have a good Iron Man. Okay, we'll move <laughs> on from Iron Man. Let's do, let's do Ant Man because I think I already stole Latif for, yeah, for the Hulk. But Latif also, just as easily fits into Ant Man because yeah. he's listed as five foot seven. I'm five foot seven. I'm taller than Latif. 
but once he gets on the pitch, he's. I, Someone who fits into not, small space as well, you know, yes. he gets in there. Doesn't have to be small in stature, although that helps you are Ant Man. Do we double up on Latif? Yeah, I, again, I said Latif could be any of these. He's just a superhero. Someone uh, and, and a bit of an outlier. Somebody that can do things in small ways and big ways. Mm. Mm. Let's go to the next one. <laughs> Eddie Segura? All right, I like that. That's a good holder. Yeah, good holder for that one. Okay. Like, uh, okay, well, how about this one? Captain America. Captain America. Christian, Christian Ramirez. Yeah? He has that. Uh, or Walker. I don't know. I just wanted you to say Captain America. Those are the two first ones that jumped my head. Obviously playing for the national team. Yes. Uh, they're guys that... Chiseled know. chin. Yeah. Statuesque. Very I like this guy. Let's go with some. Yes. Like the Walker and Christian are both known for being just kind of they're they're straight ahead players. They don't they're not like they're not simulating. They're, we're not we're not seeing a lot of red cards. We're not seeing them argue too much. They kind of get on with it. I like Christian as Captain America. I like that. And maybe Zimmerman we could use as possibly Thor. Yeah. What do you think about that? Just, I, I know I'm going for the low hanging fruit here. I think he would like the blonde it. locks. Yeah. But he does. He packs a punch, swings that big hammer. Yep. Figuratively, the clean things in the defense has been a huge thing. So I think we did one, two really nice. The God of Thunder. The God of that's the new nickname for Walker Zimmerman, God of Thunder. Uh, and the, I'm tabulating all these. The last one I have written down is, is Hawkeye, and I, I singled out in my mind Carlos Vela for Hawkeye, the guy, the guy that can't miss. But maybe. But maybe now that we don't have, I think maybe Vela fits his Iron Man a bit. Okay. So Carlos Vela is Iron Man. Hawkeye is just precision. We're going to have Rossi in there. Maybe he... Yeah, could we Diego, make him Ant-Man? Diego's a good precision. Diego could be Ant-Man. Okay, Diego, Ant-Man. Diego. Sorry, Eddie. Sorry, Eddie. And then Hawkeye. Hawkeye, someone that's precision. Precise. Maybe Eddie Segura there. Yeah, those precise tackles just snipes everyone yep. all around the field. I like that. All okay, right, Eddie. we have... Your Avengers. We don't want to go too far because, as I said, I saw the movie poster. There was like 70 Avengers up there. So we went with the, the main food groups here. And here are our findings. The Hulk. Latif Blessing. Iron Man. Carlos Vela. Ant-Man. Diego Rossi. Captain America. Christian Ramirez. Thor. Walker Zimmerman. Hawkeye. Eddie Segura. Apologize to all the LFC players that didn't make it. And we're going to get grief for them, I'm sure. But thank you for the inspiration to Joe Blue. We apologize to you now. But know this, there are 100 Avengers or so yeah. in this whole galaxy. We'll find something for you. We will find something. We will. You can go to the Guardians of the Galaxy. Technically, our Avengers, correct? Yeah. Can I be the raccoon? <laughs> no, you're much... <laughs> I find my... Uh, a little, you know... I, yeah, you know what? That does fit. A little, yeah. That does fit a little Jack bit. Jack of all trades. You can find me maybe in a dumpster every once in a while. I'm just saying. <laughs> the dumpster part puts it over the top, so you're yeah. in. Okay, you can do this too. We're here. We want to share this. Let us know. Leave a comment. Let us know who you think is a good match as an Avenger plays for LAFC. Do that in the comment section. We'll share it on our next uh, Inside LAFC. When we return, something else we want you to get involved with is who is the second best player in LAFC. We have established Carlos Vela. Who is the second most important player? However you want to look at it. We have some ideas. We want to share it with you. Inside LFC will continue.
we are back. Carlos Vela, 10 goals, now has company for tops and assists with five. Did he pick one? Oh, he had five assists still. Yes. So uh, there you go. Carlos Vela was brought in to be the A number one for LAFC, and he has done just that. Obviously, he gets a lot of help from a lot of players. Nobody is a spectator or a, a non-active participant, whoever. If you want to be playing for LAFC, you have to earn it. Bob even said that, talking about the Vancouver game and some of the young players. He goes, you earn this spot, but look, when you get in there, you got you to gotta produce. So this is a very competitive balance and team to get on there. So with Carlos Vela at number one, we're going to take a look at who we think is the second most important player because there's a wide spectrum of uh, answers to this. I don't think there is a right one. And we want to hear from you, but uh, Vince, I'd love to hear from you. There's a, there's so many ways to go here because LAFC's attack and defense are equally as excellent uh, in the early part of the season. Disappointing to give up the goal against Seattle. So probably could have had it close to a clean sheet. Just gave up the goal to the Whitecaps. Really was only that didn't really have a chance after that goal in Vancouver. Defensively, they're very good, so I don't know. This is going to be this is going to be a tough one. Yeah, I mean, goal, goals change games. Goals win games. And obviously, LFC is on a historic pace with goals, but let's not forget that our numbers in defense are elite level for the league as well. Underlying numbers, too. The advanced stats show that this team is very good defensively. They don't give up many chances. But, man, that offense is so good. I I think you're right. There's really no there's Early no on, the easy answer. answer was Rossi when it was like, these were the two guys. And Rossi's been great, hasn't scored as many goals, but maybe there's, to me, the midfield certainly against Seattle told me that this is, we know that about Alex. It's going to be key. And uh, we got some some data where we saw, you know, the heat maps and likes where you see what this midfield does, and it is bright red. Yeah. It is hot. Hot, hot, hot with what they're able to do and do effectively. And that includes Mark Anthony Kay, Eduardo Tuesta, uh, Latif Blessing, who has really locked it in, Lee Wynn, who's returned and will probably play a big role in that midfield as well. And I think maybe at some point last season, I would have said is probably the second most important player for LAFC. I think you could have said that. Right now, because he hasn't had as many games, he can't. So obviously, Lee is not going to be no. the answer. This I, is only in this, yeah. Mind you, this is only in this moment. Yes. In this good vein of form. My my the ones I keep going back and forth in my head is, is Mark Anthony K, Eddie Segura. Okay. And I have I have very good arguments for both of them. I think I'm gonna lean Eddie Segura, by the way, the only field player to play every minute because Eduardo Twesta came out in the eighty eighth minute. So that's it. So he has been the marathon man. Is that an Avenger? Marathon man? No. <laughs> no, I don't think so. But it should be. Eddie, we'll get you in there again. Yeah. Uh, I can make arguments for both of them. I think I'm leaning a little more towards Mark. Just maybe there's some recency bias. bias. I mean, the three assists. All of them just so nice, too. So precise. Yeah. Um, but Eddie... He does a lot. He does so many things. And he's... I think we saw there, too. I mean, he's, he's always in on the opponents. There was a moment with Ledetto where he was getting in there. And he does that once, maybe every other game. And I like it. Uh, I think it fires it up. And it's kind of... He plays this great support midfielder. And he... He's a go-forward, almost a number 10 sometimes, as we saw on the play to Carlos Vela. And then he has that enforcer skills. I mean, he does a lot. That's a good answer. And one thing about Mark Anthony, you know there are clubs in Europe that are going, I'm not saying they do, but they have to have taken notice. Go, this guy is exactly what we're looking for because he's this great all-round midfielder and his improvement coming off injury. We keep pushing his ceiling higher and higher. Yeah. Every time you think, you know, Mark's a very good player, 
I'm okay with this. He pushes it one level higher. I feel like he's a great player. And like you said, he's sometimes playing as a number 10. I think that was the one part of his game where he probably really wanted to work on is in and around the area. Um, he isn't always as sharp because, you know, touches become that more important. Uh, time and space on the ball is that much shorter. Uh, but that cr- that first assist, I mean, Nico Ladero was probably looking at that wondering, ooh, that's yeah, pretty good. That that's pretty good. Um, and then the I think the the even better one, or maybe not better, but just for what he wants to become is is the one to a Christian Ramirez. If he's able to think that quickly on his feet in the box in a congested area, slip that pass, read the play before it even happens. I mean, Carlos Vela was right in front of him. Most players would say, "Ah, give it to Carlos. We'll let him do what he does." No, he he continues the play. Um, so yeah, I, I'm gonna lean towards Mark, but I, I strong strong case for Eddie Segura. I, I think the only reason why he doesn't get it is just because. The whole team did such a, a number on Seattle that he didn't have to do as much, yeah. but he's always there. If there's any emergency moment, it's either him there or him backing up Walker or Walker backing up him. I think maybe that's what it is, too. So part of it is Walker and Eddie, to me, are a group thing, and so they're together. So maybe they're three. They're good. They're, the three they're, a, they're partners. Yeah, 3A and 3B. But I know that you have you have a midfield uh, yeah. selection, so t- tell me. Mark Anthony K is a really good Answer and I even Bob said also uh, about like, no, he still had some bad passes. Whoa, but he's cultivating. This is a guy I so coachable as well. And you see, he's taking the coaching and going with it. And you know, they were saying that he's going to play every every game for Canada in the Gold Cup. He's going to be a big player, maybe the be great at LFC and help resuscitate the sport in Canada. I mean, that's a big, big job, but I think he looks like a guy who's very comfortable in, in taking that on. Eduardo Atuesta, I, I know, called the number six. I old-fashioned Argentine background called the number five. Number five. But which uh, is why the numbers are silly. The numbers are silly, so we still do it. Number nine is pretty legit. Number one. They're short. They're shorthand. Yes. They're good shorthand, but at the end of the number day, number ten is probably the most famous. Yeah. Like Bob says, at the end of the day, you can have a number six that can do it ten different ways. Yes. So, so Bob Bradley's son, Michael Bradley, one of the greatest players we ever produced, a great number six, uh, which does so much from a deep line position, but can move up, always there in support, always available for a pass if something breaks down, mm-hmm. okay, I'm here, which requires a lot of movement and just, and I really watched Eduardo Atuesta in this game and it was just remnant, his head is on a swivel, his head's looking everywhere to always see where, that's what the job needs. Sometimes when this position, I think when I describe it to people, they go, oh, I could do that. It doesn't require the, the beating players, and it all helps. But this is a pretty straightforward position, it would seem. What you know, Just be where they have to be. If you get a touch, pass it off to someone else. Usually short passes, not pass it sideways. It's not. Because if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. And Eduardo Atuesta has mastered that. Where you see it with the movement, he is involved in everything. And I think that makes him so valuable. He is getting forward. He now scoring goals. He does find his way up there. He's always so disciplined to get back as well. Just like Mark Anthony Kay, a guy who has grown into the position, but he looks at like one of the best. I look at that position in Major League Soccer, and there's, you know, uh, Ilya, what's the sporting Sanchez. Camp? Ilya Sanchez, uh, obviously Michael Bradley, and there's guys there, and those teams that have a good player in that position go a long way, and now LAFC have one who's going to be your everyday guy. So we did get some numbers. In the game against Seattle, he had 168 touches, which I think led the team. But we were quickly told that he gets a lot more than that on a regular basis. We went to the Vancouver game. Depends on the game state. At 240, 
So, I mean, just think about the numbers in the minutes. If you're hovering around 200 touches, which I think is probably a safe number to say, maybe a little bit more than that, some touches are good, some are not. But by and large, with what LAFC does in that midfield, I imagine most are effective and they're connecting into a guy who's going to connect that guy to eventually scoring a goal. I would say 200 maybe is is higher than you might want for Edward. It, so the reason why Seattle's touches were maybe lower is because then Latif and Mark, were it, they were top three. So they, they were so important because they were passing amongst each other. And I think you, you made a good point that the touches and, and how some people look at it and go, I, I think I could do that. No, man. There's so many high leverage moments. You have to be so clean on the ball. The side, and the sideways you can't passes, waste a touch. Look, you might say a lot of people, a lot of guys would say, oh, there's a lot of sideways passes. I can make those passes. But those are just passes to get to other passes. You know what I mean? So you have to be able to, when the window opens, which is what we love from, from last week's show, we love when yeah. the window opens, you have to be able to make that pass, which Mark did in that moment. Um, Mark makes a pass to Edward to, to bring Edward to get his goal. Uh, but I think Edward just affects the game in so many, again, I'll say it again, leverage moments. He affects the game on the ball. It's good to see him get a goal. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I was just thinking about Roman Torres sliding. I, <laughs> I love Roman Torres. Great career, yeah. had an achievement that has not been matched in Panamanian sport, helping get that country into a World Cup. But I mean, I don't know. He's helping. Was it? You there know, was obviously injury concerns there, but you know what it made me think of when when James Harden, lovely man too. When James Harden crosses crosses over a guy, shakes him off, and then stands at the three point line just to look at him for a second. Yeah. He goes, okay, now I'm gonna make this. Edward didn't go that far, but I, there was a he kind of checked and he was like, "What's that guy doing? Okay, I wanted to shoot this." <laughs> But wow. he, yeah, he just he affects the ball, and even if he doesn't tackle, he slows down play, allows teammates to get back. He he has such a, a role and such a pivotal role that he ha- he knows he has to be in certain places. He can't just drift in and out of matches because when he does, at least he's just going to get torn apart. Yeah. He's a linchpin. Yeah, but he last season I, I I thought he was good, but I was like, this is the essential part of what LFC is doing. No, absolutely essential now uh, with what he's been able to uh, to create from that area. And again, a guy that LAFC went out and, and really discovered, um, it's been remarkable. So, Well, he's the, he's the, the big know, arm man last year was the number six, right? right. Let's, let's go back to that for a second. Everyone, you don't have a number six, you don't have a number six. No, 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 we have a number six. This is the type of number six we have. What drives me crazy is the people that say, ah, Diego Char, just the best number six in the league. Yeah. Okay, you like a guy that can tackle, but what else does he yeah. do? He's not scoring goals. He's not scoring goals. He's not. He doesn't he's really not have a six. Uh, he's not very clean on the ball per se. I mean, Edward does all those things at a high level, and so that's like you said. I think he was figuring out the system, really figuring out where he fit in. Now he feels like, oh, I've got this. I've got it. I mean, sometimes with the touches, this is what I want to say. It's kind of like when I look at when you look at these boxing uh, matches and guys hit jabs. You see the punch numbers. You see jabs. They're not power punches, but they're jabs. But you see the guys that hit jabs a lot usually win. It tears down a defense, the touch, touch, touch. You're looking for an opening. You're looking for some daylight. And eventually it's not, and then eventually you see it. And then you do the power punch. And I think Atuesta is good at that jab of bringing in the power punch. Well, when LFC controls games the way they do, and they're able to pass between whatever the three midfielders are, in this case it was Latif, Mark, and Edward. And there was a lot of sequences where they held the ball, were able to move the team up the pitch by playing with each other. And I think that's what it is. You, You touch, 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 haymaker. Yeah, unbelievable. So there you go. Uh, who is your vote? Uh, Walker Zimmerman would be a great choice. Diego Rossi would be a great choice. 
But yeah, we still left a lot of names on the table that you could, I think you that's, could choose from. You could argue against any of ours for, for those guys could, as well. Can we say Latif? Latif, yeah. Latif Blessing. I don't want to diminish the fullbacks, but Jordan Harvey and Beta Short's numbers are up there too. I don't think I don't think they would put themselves there. Yeah, I mean they would probably say not, not the, quite, but I mean I But it's say, open for discussion. It's open for discussion. I mean the yeah, the tougher part would be then now pick number three. Yeah. I don't want to get in on that. Yeah. We'll be here all day. So hey, drop us a note wherever you listen inside of State. Let us know who you think your second is. Give us a little description. We'll talk about it next week. Yes. We'll open it up. Uh, great reaction. Uh, I love being at the stadium. I know you do. We we wander around and people are very um, welcoming. Uh, some, a couple of folks did mention the podcast and enjoy it. Went down to the tailgate. Great. Uh, got food, some beverages, which I had to turn down and did have some cold water. I had a sip of a beer because I was told it was great, and it was uh, the Defenders of the Bank, their own home brew. Um, they had a little, they had, what were they doing up there? Um, shoot. I had some pins I wanted to wear too. I forgot. But I'll next, time. next time. But they had a, a homebrew that they made. It was excellent. A little sip was nice and cold. Yes. And, uh, I mean, Easter egg hunt was down there. It was very wonderful. And they, you know, everyone, they, let me say something else. Everyone cleans up their space real quick. Yes. And then it looks like when it started. Respect to the, the facilities. Well, it's like a, you go there, we've said this before, it seems almost so professional, but it's just these people coming together, it putting is. up their easy ups, and then they, they lay out their grills, and the food is amazing. It's like being at like a world fair, but it's just a, one team just coming together, and everyone has the, you can just go around the whole Christmas tree lane, just sampling little bits. Everyone's friendly. I, I would highly recommend the next home match, May 4th, there will be tailgates because it's a, it's a nighttime match, so they'll be out there probably sometime around noon. Yeah. Uh, get out there at some point. Go go around, you know, meet everybody, mingle. I'm sure we'll be out there. I might, I want, may not be as much. That's one of our YouTube TV games. Oh yeah, Max very Max excited. Home game for us, May fourth, Chicago Fire, Cinco de Mayo weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of stuff going around all over town. I will eat Max's portion on May fourth. <laughs> Give it to him. Feed him. Yeah, only the food. I got. I have to stay away from the uh, the colorful drinks as well. Yeah, and by the way, the LAFC Lucky song, No Luckies, No Party, is a masterpiece. And it got stuck in my craw, and I was seeing and now it it's a day stuck, later. And now it's stuck in my head. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think, I think we did some good work. Look forward to speaking to you all, seeing you all out there, and hearing from you here on the podcast. Subscribe to Inside LFC. Tell a friend. That's Vince. I'm Max. We'll see you next week. Hey, it was very Ron Burgundy-esque.